0: and welcome to this week's episode of chelsea talks my name is of course chelsea and this week i'm going to be talking about violent video games and whether or not they bring uh, increased aggression in individuals i of course play a lot of video games myself um these range from hack and slashers like Mordhau to first person shooters like uh Battlefield 4 and uh, other first person shooters. <laughs> uh, these these games are quite violent. Uh, I've there's something about there's something overwhelming being constantly around a bunch of explosions in like battlefield, for example, where some maps and some gameplay modes are genuinely just constant explosions it is people shooting the same grenades down the same hallways just the whole round and i however even with all of the stress i don't think that it's going to lead to increased aggression um i i do believe that what happens is these games glorify and gamify war and that's of course not good. Uh, I think war is probably the last important thing that ever needs to happen. Um, I, but it, it goes without saying that these games are suggestive. I can understand where people come from when they are talking about oh, violent video games cause you know increases in violence. However, these they're just not founded in any reality. A lot of conservative media will talk about how this is the entire reason why we have school shootings the way they are. And I, I, also, I hi, highly disagree with that. Uh, school shootings happen for a majority of the cases by people that are being watched by the authorities that can't really do anything until it happens and that is also a good thing in terms of not violating people's civil liberties because you can if the police are just allowed to make actions like these uh just on suspicions then i think that it's an issue however red flag laws come into play here where I, I agree with red flag laws. I think that if there is significant cause for concern, then there should be an authoritative body who is able to come and seize tools. Because that's that's all, in my opinion, guns really are, are tools. And whether or not they're weapons, yes, I agree. They are, in fact, just by definition, weapons. They are tools meant to kill, and therefore that is a weapon. And with weapons, like, again, you have to take context and mental health and all of these different things into consideration. But increasing violence in general, no. Um, There are, as I mentioned, plenty of other sources, and the main one that I like to focus on is mental health. I went to a, a, a mental health clinic at one point and I was saying I was suicidal I had plans I had methods and they asked me if I had used any substances in the past 24 hours and when I told them that I had just prior to this just began smoking they told smoking marijuana uh they told me to stop smoking marijuana and gave me a safety plan. Which anybody could have just lied through. And they sent me home. They said we can't help you. Because our the problem that we have deduced is that you abuse marijuana. Which I think is absolutely atrocious. I'm not going to name the medical institution. That's going to give me issues. However, it goes just saying how professionally people handle mental health and with uh, it goes it keeps on coming back to mental health because every single school shooting okay I'm not gonna make any big claims that I can't prove so I'm not I'm gonna rescind that statement of every single school shooting however, for example, uh, Sandy Hook, the man who, Shot up Sandy Hook Elementary School. He was certified mentally ill. And no one did anything. No one. Tried anything. Before this could happen. No one interfered with his access to guns. Nobody interfered with. His daily routine to get him any help. He just. Went and did what he did. And. That upsets me a lot. It upsets me. To see that people like that are treated the same way that I was. Of just, no, we don't see your reason as being valid enough. Leave. We can't help you. Because... That's just sad. It's frustrating. It feels like people don't listen to you. It feels like your problems aren't worth someone else's assistance and i'm not forgiving him by any means he he should fucking rot for all i care about however it's a testament to the way that our country constantly treats those with mental illnesses that we just don't get viewed don't get treated like our lives matter to other people. Um every time it happens, other people are sitting there saying you don't matter. And that's what people hear. They may not be saying that. There may be people who take you to the mental health hospital and they they behaviorally produce so that they care about you. However, It is very difficult to feel that when you're in such a dark headspace. When you are fully committed and willing and at peace with taking your own life or any life in that matter, you go to a very dark place to push all empathy aside, to Push everything out of your mind to commit the act that you're about to do. It's horrible. It's dehumanizing. It is a place that you cannot come back from untouched. You you never recover from the willingness to take someone's life. Um, And if you do, there's other things going on. Because I firmly believe that you do not return to the state you were beforehand post taking someone's life or post being sure to take someone's life, being content with that thought and that process is a very dark place. And I've seen a lot of fucked up shit. And I've been, at times, content with the possibility to take my own life. That the only way that I'm going to get any happiness is through my own death. I, I can safely speak from my own experiences that I'm never coming back from that. That will always be a part of my personality that I carry with me and that will deeply affect conversations I have and people I associate with. And it's just some of the hardest things to get through is this complacency of destruction. And because of that, That's not what I want to say. But with this mindset, or at least having been there, we can learn. We can learn how possibly to handle future situations because you never know how to handle something unless you've been through it. Like, truly, you can be prepped for any situation, but unless you've been there, unless you've been In those situations, you will not know how to react appropriately and what is too much and what is too little and what is doing the right thing and what's potentially risking more harm. And I think I don't want to talk too much longer about this. Um, I think I've said pretty much all I've said. And I want to leave you guys with a quote. The main reason to worry about video games is a slew of studies claiming to find a link between violence in video games and real-world aggression. But countervailing studies have found no persuasive link. The main reason to be skeptical of a causal link is that video games have spread widely around the world without deriving other countries to the levels of violence in this country. That's a quote from Philip M. Boffy in an article he wrote for the Dana Foundation. Uh, Do violent video games lead to violence? And no. We, we've seen this time again. Like, Japan doesn't have any school shootings, yet some of their video games, some of their action RPGs are some of, you know can be pretty violent is it's combat it's watching people fight each other with the intent to kill one another and all these i i'm never been to japan so i won't speak about uh about any sort of import laws and what games are there but it's just not an issue violent video games do not cause increased aggression and violence in other individuals. If anything, it might be an outsource of that. It might be an outlet that people can use to get rid of these urges in a genuinely non-destructive way. That's all this week for Chelsea Talks. Thank you for listening.